Chris Proctor. I'm a weed management extension educator with the University of Nebraska. I'm going to highlight a study that was conducted in both Wisconsin and Nebraska looking at uh, how uh, soil and residue management might influence herbicides that were applied uh, to a previous crop and how they might carry over to the, to the next season's crop and, and what that, how that might influence the development um, uh, uh, and yields of, the, of those next crops. Um, so certainly uh, how, how herbicides persist in the soil and, and their ability to, to maybe, maybe negatively influence the next crop in rotation uh, is something to pay attention to uh, uh, in terms of, of, of carryover in, in, in our systems. And so we wanted to look at uh, particularly how, how soil management might influence that. So there's been a little bit of work investigating just the idea of carryover from one crop to another. Uh, but we wanted to uh, maybe uh, evaluate if, if managing soil differently would influence that. And so, as I mentioned, this was a study done both in, in Wisconsin and in, in Nebraska, uh, at a, a research farm outside of Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, we had a number of different soil textures, uh, so that, that kind of helps uh, give a, a broad swath of, of how this might, how soil texture might influence the study. Um, but ultimately we looked at three different soil management practices and then five different herbicide treatments. Uh, and our soil management practices, that compared tillage versus a no-till uh, system versus a, a no-till plus cover crop. Uh, and our cover crop uh, for this, this study was cereal ryegrass. And then we, we looked at two different uh, herbicide uh, sets of herbicides. One was uh, herbicides that would have been applied to uh, corn and then uh, we looked at how that would influence uh, the next year's soybean. And so we, we had two herbicides, uh, Callisto and Stinger, so Mesotrione and, and Clopyrrolid. And those were applied at two different rates. So we had a quarter of the full label rate as well as half the full label rate. And these were applied in the fall. And we, so we were trying to mimic a full rate uh, spring application that, that went through an entire season and then, and then how much might be left uh, the subsequent year when the next crop was planted. And so a quarter rate and a half rate in the fall was, was trying to represent maybe how much would be left after, after the cropping season that could potentially carry over the winter to the next year. And so that's, that's how we designed the study. Uh, and, then in, and then we also evaluated a, uh, a couple of soybean herbicides, so reflex and pursuit. Uh, and those were again applied at the quarter and half rate in the fall. And then we evaluated how those soybean herbicides might carry over uh, into the corn uh, cropping uh, system the next season. Uh, we also selected uh, a corn hybrid and a soybean cultivar that were kind of known to have uh, sensitivity to some of these herbicides. So we were wanting to ex uh, exaggerate some of the effect if we could pick it up. Uh, we, wanted, we wanted some uh, corn and soybean plants that might be uh, more, easy, uh, more easy to detect some of these symptoms. Uh, and then we also evaluated uh, how uh, kind of the development of the crop canopy at V3 uh, and then uh, we also uh, evaluated uh, uh, yields at the end of the at the end of the year. So I'll start uh, highlighting some of the uh, soybean results here. Uh, we'll jump right into it. And so this is looking at uh, one of the sites in Wisconsin. Uh, and what we saw is at V3, we, we were able to detect a difference in canopy development where tillage uh, had uh, uh, more developed canopy relative to the no-till and the cover crop. Uh, but when we got to the end of the year, there was no difference uh, in, terms of, in terms of soybean yield at that site. Uh, for our Lincoln, Nebraska uh, location, it was very similar where we had uh, earlier development of canopy under tillage uh, compared to the no-till and, and, 
and cover crop treatments, but it, uh, that didn't show up in the yield at the end of the year. For the Lancaster location, uh, the same story. So uh, earlier development of canopy under tillage, uh, but no difference in yield uh, at the end of the year. Um, and then for one of the one of the locations, Arlington, uh, there was a there was a small uh, effect of of the herbicide treatment. So for the previous ones I showed, there was really no effect of the herbicide. There was only differences between soil management, so tillage, no tillage, cover crop. Uh, but for this location, there was there was a slight difference uh, in terms of. Uh, canopy development, uh, where the the uh, the half rate, uh, the 50 percent rate of the mesotrione did did decrease the canopy uh, development uh, at Arlington at V3, uh, but then by the end of the year uh, that didn't that didn't translate into yield uh, reduction. So this would just be an image showing uh, some of the mesotrione injury that we saw at that V3 stage. Uh, so we could detect a little bit of injury. Uh, uh, in the, in the soybean, but ultimately didn't, we didn't see any, any effect uh, in terms of yield. And so now I'm just going to highlight uh, some of the, the soybean herbicide carryover in, into corn. Uh, so I'll just highlight a few of, of the results of our, our soybean uh, herbicides and, and the, the influence they had on, on uh, canopy development and, and yield in corn. So looking at the first site uh, at Arlington, uh, we saw early canopy development in, in tillage was higher than the no-till and, and the cover crop, uh, and we did see even a decrease in yield under the cover crop plots here in, in, in corn. Uh, for the Lincoln, Nebraska site, uh, in this instance, uh, the no-till had a little bit slower uh, canopy development at V3, uh, and it did translate into, into a slight yield decrease where the no-till and, the, and the, the cover crop plots did have slightly lower yield uh, relative to the tillage, to the tillage treatment. And then for the Lancaster uh, site, uh, again, canopy development was delayed for, for the higher residue treatments. So the no-till and the, and the cover crop did have, have lower canopy development at V3. And then also that, that did translate across into lower yields uh, uh, for that location. Uh, and we did see a little bit of a difference for a Lincoln, Nebraska site in terms of difference uh, for, for the different herbicide treatments. Uh, this was the only location that had differences in herbicide treatment, so you can see that uh, uh, the imazethapir, for example, uh, at 50% had a little bit lower uh, canopy development uh, uh, compared to some of the other herbicide treatments at V3. Um, and, and ultimately, though, that didn't, that didn't translate into, into any yield differences uh, for, that, for that location relative to the herbicide treatments. Uh, and this was just a, a, an example of some of the injury that we did see in corn. So we did see some, some early uh, injury symptoms in some of the corn. Uh, it wasn't persistent, it wasn't widely persistent, but we did see a little bit uh, uh, early on. Um, and so really, uh, what we did see is, is under tillage conditions for soybean, the canopy developed uh, quicker than, than the, than the no-till and the, and the cover crop uh, treatments. Um, and, and ultimately, um, it, it was the cover crop. The cover crop treatments uh, really had no no effect on on, on soybean yield ultimately uh, for uh, across the treatment. So while we did see some early differences, it didn't translate into yield for the soybean. Uh, however, in corn, it was a little different story. So so ultimately, it was it was. Uh, not a not a carryover effect due to herbicides, but the cover crop treatments uh, across all of our study locations did have lower yields relative to the no-till, um, to the no-till, and, and so soil soil 
treatment, if you will, so no-till versus uh, tillage versus cover crop, that, that had a stronger influence on the next, next year's crop than herbicide carryover did uh, in, in this instance. And so we think the level of rainfall that we had during the study uh, and kind of the soil conditions, the, the soil type probably uh, had a stronger influence on, on not seeing carryover uh, for this particular year. So it's certainly possible, but uh, we, didn't, we didn't see a strong effect uh, of that for this particular, particular study. The comment being in Nebraska, we have a range of irrigated versus rain-fed environments and a whole range of, of soil types. And so that can have a pretty strong influence on, on how likely an herbicide is to carry over from one year to the next. Certainly the last number of years in Nebraska, we've had pretty adequate rainfall, either fall or spring. And so I think it's limited uh, carryover or it's been, it's been pretty uh, small pockets of the state where conditions were just we're just right to see it, but uh, we haven't seen widespread carryover uh, in Nebraska in recent years. Yeah, so the question being the, the yield decrease that we saw in the corn that was tied to the, the cover crop treatment, is that something that just because the cover crop, it was kind of the part of that establishing cover crops into a system and it might, might decrease over time uh, versus is this just uh, always gonna be, be an issue? And um, yeah, I, th I think, I think Tillage environments, in the short term, are going to are going to favor corn yields. Right? It's just it's a it's a it's an environment where corn tends to thrive. But but when you look at the big picture, uh, um, there's real advantage to the no-till and the cover crop. And and it does seem to regulate. So if you look at the adoption of no-till over time, there tends to be that yield lag during the adoption of no-till. You know, they talk about the five-year adoption lag and so those yields have tended to stabilize and, and increase over time and I think we're starting to see more and more cover crop data that would suggest the same that as those systems mature and, and uh, are uh, utilized uh, over over the course of time uh, th those yields tend to stabilize as well and so uh, I, th I think that's that's probably most likely to occur.